What's poppin', guys? Welcome to the Dallas Rays Podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm Alexander. Today's October 14th. We'll be covering playoffs week number three, almost down to the last two teams today. Yeah. If um, someone wins, someone loses. We'll talk more about that. We got four teams left in the playoff. Welcome to episode 13 of season two of the Dallas Rays Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Delos underscore Rays underscore podcast. Check out our link tree in our Instagram bio. You'll see we have YouTube, Twitch, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything you want, even Facebook. Like everything we're expanding totally yeah but while you guys are doing that make sure to stay safe stay healthy six feet wear masks you know if you want to have masks and be fashionable go to our link tree and mm-hmm. go to the squad locker Dallas Rays podcast and you can actually get some Dallas Rays podcast masks I mean yeah. you definitely got to have one and stay, stay fashion he- stay healthy and stay yeah. like fashionable man exactly all right so let's get started we got ice so, we have some, like we said, we're only doing injuries for the four teams that are still in it. Yeah. But these injuries are pretty big. Like, uh-huh. really big. They happened the past couple days, to be more precise. Los Angeles Dodgers starting pitcher yesterday was scratched from the starting lineup. Game two, between the, the Bridge and the Braves, he had lost. He had back spasms. I think Tony Gosselin took the start. Yeah. As well as third baseman Edwin Rios, day-to-day with groin injury. So, as of two days ago, and I still think as of now... Maybe for the rest of the NLCS, he will only be allowed to pinch hit. He yes. has to stay on the bench because of his groin. Now moving on to Atlanta. After their Adam Duvall, day-to-day oblique. We don't know if it's a sprain, don't know if it's a tear, but it's still not something to mess around with. Mm-hmm. It could end the rest of his postseason hopes. We move on to Houston. Starting pitcher Brad Peacock, uh, about six days ago, day-to-day, he had anthropic surgery on his shoulder. Can't imagine he's coming back, mm-hmm. but doctors still think it's possible. And then last but not least, Tampa Bay Rays. After their Kevin Kiermeyer day-to-day with a hand contusion, he, he might be able to come back. He's a top I mean, hitter yeah. on that offense. If they're going to the World Series, they need, need Kevin Kiermeyer mm-hmm. to make at least a dent yeah. in whatever team they're facing. And then you have relieving pitcher Oliver Drake, who's day-to-day with the elbow, which is going to hurt because yeah. they have easily one of the top bullpens in baseball. Top, mm-hmm. maybe the top or top three yeah. at least. Like I was talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So COVID. We got nothing to report. Two weeks in a row. Very happy to clap say it up, that. Clap it very up. happy. The postseason bubble is doing its job. We have some ups and downs. One of them is a player, but the other two are actually management. We're going to see a lot more of that coming in towards the offseason. The Oakland Athletics, Billy Bean, vice president of baseball operations, will leave after 30 years with the organization. Whoa. He's seen it all. The ups, the downs, mostly the downs, but he's seen it all. Chicago White Sox manager Rick Renteria and team will part ways. He's been on the team since 2016, the head honcho. He helped them reach their first playoff berth this season since 2008. I don't yeah. understand why they got rid of him. Maybe he said something wrong. Maybe they had a bad relationship and they were yeah. waiting to pull the trigger. But they couldn't get the job done uh-huh. versus the A's. And they shut. I don't know why they waited till now to shoot him down. Mm-hmm. If anything, you do it then. But regardless, he's looking for a new job. And uh, we're actually talking about a player right now. San Diego Padres. He got called up from the Class A Fort Wayne Tin Caps. He's a pitcher. Ryan Weathers. Right, so this guy, he, I looked up some stats about him in high school. Mm. In 2018, so that's when I was in high school too. It was my senior year, so I'm assuming he was also a senior, didn't do too much research. Listen to these crazy stats. For that one year as a pitcher, 11 and 0. Okay. 76 innings pitched. 76. 148 strikeouts. 0.09 ERA. Just to let you guys know. He's a stud. Yeah. <laughs> that was stat- that's video game stats right there. You don't see that every day. You don't it's not see- even never- video game stats, bro. It's so hard to get if point zero nine. It's hard to get below sub point five mm-hmm. in a video game. Like point zero nine. 148 strikeouts in one season. 
You just gotta hope they didn't abuse him in high school, uh -huh. and they, he could do some amazing things for the Padres moving yeah, forward. For sure. But that's we got ice. You know what that sound is? It's time for Alexander's fun fact of the day. So Spence, I'm gonna be talking about maybe the strangest man in baseball. The backup catcher, Mo Berg, uh, had a 15 year season in MLB, spending much time on five different teams. Mm -hmm. on, and most of his time was on the benches. He was always the backup catcher. Okay. He went to Princeton University. He got his law degree at Columbia University and studied linguistics at Sorbonne in Paris. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was a, he was a really smart. Yeah. Apparently not a great baseball player, but the Hall of Fame manager Casey Stengel said he's the strangest man in baseball. He can speak a, do a dozen languages, but can't hit one of them. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was the worst. He barely got hits. His career um, batting average was point zero three two. Oh, it's almost as good as the ERA from the last pitcher we just talked about. Yeah, but this guy could not hit. A truck if he threw it at him. Wow. Yeah. Well, definitely has struggles at the plate, but at least you can go out saying you had an MLB career and could speak 12 different languages. That, uh -huh. Not a lot of people could say that. Let's get down to the brass tacks and nitty gritty of today's episode. We'll be covering playoff week number three. Like we said, we're almost there. We're going to run down all the way up and all the way down, figure out what's going on this past week. I'm going to talk about our first piece of news, which is Francisco Cervelli. A lot of you may know him for his time on the New York Yankees, mm -hmm. but he's also played with the Pittsburgh Pirates most recently, the uh, Atlanta Braves, and the Miami Marlins. He's played 730 games in total, and he's decided to call it quits because he's had his seventh concussion, and his manager was like, hey, it's a better idea. You know, I don't want you getting like mm -hmm. major brain damage or anything happening, but he was a great player all in all. Sad to see him go. Yeah, I mean, he won the World Series in 2009 with the Yankees. He had a 13-year catching career, around 36, 37 years old. I mean, mm -hmm. he was towards the end of his career. He wanted a couple more years out of his contract with the Marlins. But like you said, Dom Tingley, the former Yankee Dodger, um, convinced him as the manager of the Marlins. Like, hey, man, I want you to have a good life. And he told him it would be good if you retired yeah. after his seventh career concussion. So I'm going to another player that he's not going to retire, but he definitely was hurt a little bit. Tommy Pham. Yes. So I was really surprised when I heard this. Basically, to keep the long story short, he came out of some store, right? He's going to his car. Two people are fighting and verbally in front of his car and having an argument. He, he's like, hey, hey, what's going on? Get out, of the, get out of the way of my car. Like, what are you guys doing? One of them turned around and stabbed him with a knife. Mm -hmm. He was shanked and he was sent to the local hospital in San Diego. I think it was San Diego Health, uh, something like that. And he's, he was recovering. They're fine. He was sent back home, and he's like, don't worry. I'm going to be able to recover and get ready for my off-season activities. So it still sucks, though, that he got stabbed. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah, that nothing like that should He didn't happen. do anything. Like, they just mm -hmm. stabbed him. But uh, crazy stuff from crazy people in a crazy world during a crazy year. Yeah. I'll say that. Right. I'm going to try to bring up the news a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about free agency. GT JT Muto will be a free agent this year, mm -hmm. this upcoming year. And he reportedly wants... $200 million for a contract. Oh, my goodness. This guy's looking for the big boy contract. So, he's he's going to go where the money is and not where the where they're going to win. Yeah, That's the thing I is, I heard even before this news came out a couple days ago, I heard that he wanted a seven to eight-year contract. Mm -hmm. he's, he's trying to put a seven to eight-year contract worth for $200 million. How many yeah. people are going to bite it? I hope the Mets, I mean, as much as I'm a Mets fan and I want him to play for the Mets, I kind of hope the Mets don't bite at him if he wants that much. Yeah. Like, 
They, I, I know there's no salary cap in baseball, but what if this is the one player that Cohen signs that turns him off from baseball and he sells the team? Because he know. doesn't do well. Like, he becomes a big bust and he's like, dude, why am I spending my money on this? This doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I just gave one of the best players this free agency class the most amount of money and he sucks. Yeah. But what, what am I doing? And then he just, he's like, you know what? I'm going to sell the team. Like, that would be the worst thing that could happen to the Mets right now. So, I don't know. I mean, for a Mets fan, I would say I'm gunning for James McCann at this point. James like, McCann. although JT Vermuto is ranked higher up, I, I got to say, I got to go with James McCann. And the reason why I think James McCann is going to be a free agent, besides the fact that he's unrestricted, mm-hmm. he's got six years of MLB service, is why would the White Sox need him? Yeah. They have Yasmani Grandal. Like, they're almost the same age. Grandal is a better hitter, um, definitely a better defensive catcher. Yeah. He's literally just a bench He's by giving the rest to Grandal when he needs it. Exactly. You might as well season another guy that's younger. Mm-hmm. Let McCann walk. I'm surprised they didn't trade him, to be honest with you. But they probably thought they were going to go far in the playoffs. Which a lot of people thought. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. Double-edged sword. But, honestly, as a Mets fan, or as any fan that wants a catcher, I don't know if I'm going to free Mudo anymore. Although, he still ranked higher. If you I, have I'm going the money, for McCann. I would go for Real Mudo, and you need the catching. But if the you thing, don't need the catching that bad. That's a high risk. Yeah. That's a high, high risk. risk. For any team. It's either high risk, high risk. Especially teams that don't have a new owner like Steve Cohen or maybe even Mm -hmm. Cashman. You have a bunch of different people Mm -hmm. that may not be able to afford any other players after this guy. This is is not their LeBron. This is their AD. This this might be... He's he's towards the end of his career. He's got maybe six years left. It's not towards the end. It's like the middle. But Mm -hmm. still, that's a lot of money to dump on one person. $200 million. A big $200 million. I mean... Maybe he's doing that just because... Now that I think about it, catchers don't get paid a lot, a lot. Unless you're like Buster Posey who got paid after winning all those World Series with mm-hmm. the Giants. Or like Yachty just being Yachty. Yachty just being Yachty. Or, you know, Jose Molina. Like, people like that we grew up with that are catchers within the past five, six years that now they're past their prime. Now they're just on the team because they got paid. Salvador and Perez. they're franchise guys mm-hmm. at the end of the day. They're yeah. going to stay in the franchise for the rest of their career. But because, maybe, yeah, maybe, they deserve it. maybe he's making a statement. Now that I think about it. Maybe he's trying to say... You know what? Cadgers need to get paid more. Maybe he's highballing them, hoping that they lowball, like hoping that they give him the contract or lowball him just a little bit. So maybe he'll get 170 or 160. Yeah, still a lot of money. Yeah, still a lot of money to spend for a guy who's 30, going to be 31 years old next season. And catchers don't do that well generally after 33 years old. I mean, Yadi hasn't been doing too bad. But he's not where he was when he mm-hmm. was 28, 29, 27, when he was literally one of the best catchers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yadier Molina, Buster Posey, at one point in baseball, were the best catchers in baseball at that time. They yep. ran the league. Mm-hmm. Perez got a little stint with them. Yeah. Jose Molina was there before them. Um, Pudge was there before them. Yeah. I'm trying, boy like, Pudge. There's just usually a group of like, at least like five Sada, catchers yeah. that run the league. Everyone else is just kind of there. There's not a whole group of 30 catchers that are amazing. It's never happened in baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever will. Catch is a hard position. It's, and uh, it's hard. It's hard to be good offensively and defensively. So, and a lot of fans that are baseball fans that don't pay attention to statistics or don't watch baseball a lot, they just like a team. That's fine. They're not going to root for that catcher unless he's hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. Catchers underlooked position because they need, like we've seen with Gary Sanchez, man. Yeah, you need to be on, good on both. You sides. You need to be good defensively in order to be oh, yeah. in the starting spot, and he just doesn't have it. Yeah. But concluding that up, let's let's talk about we're talking about offseason. Let's let's bring it up. They just released. The first 29 picks, or no, my, my fault. They released all 30 picks, first 30 picks of round one of the MLB draft. Oh, yeah. We're not going to bore you with all 30. We're going to give you the first 10. Okay, so we got Pittsburgh Pirates, Texas Rangers, Detroit Tigers, Boston Red Sox, Baltimore Orioles, Atlanta Braves, the KC Royals, 
the Colorado Rockies, Los Angeles Angels, and the New York Mets. Let me say one thing before you continue. You know what's surprising? I don't see the Marlins on that. <laughs> That's surprising. Me. That's true. That's they had true. a great end of the season. I don't That's think they I need the draft pick, though. I think they're good. They, they don't. They they're don't. good. But this is the fifth time ever that the Pirates will get the first pick. Can you just take a wild guess who they took their last number one pick? Mm, Josh Bell? Garrett Cole. Oh. 2011. He helped them go to 2013, I believe 14 and 15 in the playoffs. They, I don't think they made it past the NLDS. But he still was a part of the team. They traded him in 2018 to the Astros and obviously signed that big boy contract with the Yankees. So, yeah, that's the last time they took the first overall pick nine years ago. Yeah. Almost a decade apart. Who's the next guy for them? Well, Baseball America says that they have Pittsburgh taking right-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt, Kumar Rocker. Now, yeah. he has a sub-2 ERA. I've been watching as, his... his... His Vanderbilt career has a bunch of wins on his side, strikeouts. He's a top guy. Yeah. I mean, we'll do more of an analysis of he who he thinks is going to get drafted um, oh when God. we get a lot closer. Because that's not going to happen until the middle of next season. Yeah. but So we got a while. But maybe we'll do an episode in the offseason, giving you a little preview. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited to see what he's yeah. going to do. But let's talk about what's going to happen today. Um, so we're going to see uh, two games tonight. We're going to mm-hmm. see Tampa Bay hopefully clinch. For Tampa Bay fans, hopefully they clinch. Yeah, and then for Astros fans, they don't want the clinch. Uh-huh. They want to stay alive for another game. Yeah. And then the Dodgers down 0-2 to the Braves. They we're going to see that game happen. But talking about the Tampa Bay game, Tyler Glasnow versus Zach Greinke. So Zach Greinke, obviously a great pitcher. But Tyler Glasnow is the better pitcher. Well, he has 20 strikeouts this season. And Zach Greinke only has five or seven, I believe. They both have a higher array, though. Because... Yeah. Glasnow has a four point something, I think four, 14, and then Grinky has a five point something. So they've both been lit up on either side, but the strikeouts. Yeah. But man, the strikeouts 20 is what to I'm five saying. or 20 to seven, still yeah. a big number. Glasnow has been elite. And for the pitching side for Dodgers versus mm-hmm. Braves, we have Julio Yodius, who has been amazing on my baseball fantasy league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one that carried me to the, uh, the championship. And then Kyle Wright for the Atlanta Braves. And they both had a zero ERA this postseason. Yeah, I mean, and they both only had like eleven strikeouts, I think something like that. But you know, I mean, I think here's what's gonna happen today as far as how these teams are, how these teams should be geared to win. I'll give you a little little Spencer preview right now, okay? Little Spencer preview. The Dodgers, you're down 0-2. You don't want to be in the same position the Astros are mm-hmm. with the Rays. You need to come to hit. Yurias, dude, if he's pitching today, Kershaw has to pitch Game Four. He can't have back spasms. The Dodgers are going to have to fake an injury. They're going to tell him, get on the field. You can't suck for us this time. Because since 2011 or 2012, mm-hmm. we have made it to the World Series. or not made it to the World Series. And we haven't won a title. Yep. It's <laughs> been almost 10 years in the making. At some point, you got to question what's going on. You man. know, I honestly feel for the so Dodgers. The- if they go to game four, they should, they should be using um, their guy, Walker Bueller. <laughs> he pitched game one. Oh. So you need to give him some rest. That's what I'm saying. Like, if let Kershaw don't pitch him too long, give him five innings. Even if he's doing yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. you might have to yank him. Unless it's your last game, then then you hold him for seven. Yeah. But then the Braves come into this game, dude. You don't have to worry about anything. You can lose that game. But you want to win be that cocky. Game. Yes. You can't be cocky against a team that's been to the postseason ten times with a hundred different players at least. So they they know how to dispose people the right way. Hopefully. Right, mm-hmm. so the Braves got to come in today's game slugging. They got to make the ERA go up for Julio Urias, destroy his mentality for the rest of the postseason. 
I'm not saying that against you, just in case you're listening. Who yell your ass? But that's it. That's gonna be the Braves mentality. Now we move on to the American League, right? Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay's like, dude, Glasnow, just close the door for us. Yeah, that's all they need. They're like, Glasnow, do do as many innings as you can. We're gonna back you up. We're gonna put in the pitchers that we don't want to have as much time pitching in the in the World Series. Yeah. We're gonna put them in because we're gonna have if they win tonight, they're gonna have a big break. Oh yeah, because it's only gonna be the National League on. Mm-hmm. And then the Astros are like Grinky. Come in clutch. Verlander's injured. You're our next big guy. We traded for you from you the Diamondbacks. So, come on. This is your chance to show your worth right now to all the Astros fans. This is Zach Granke's chance. So, yeah, that's why. I, so, a quick recap. I got Dodgers. Man, you, you got you got to come to the plate. You got to swing. You got to out-bat the Braves. You have to pitch to the Braves. You have two different positions you got to work on. The Braves, all they have to do is hit. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pitch that well. They can come off from an 0-0 game. They can come slugging, and they're going to win the game. They're a slugging team. They're also a pitching team, a .92 ERA before the NLCS started, which we talked about on our previews. The Rays, you just got to come in and pitch. Shut the door. You don't have to hit. You just have to pitch. And the Houston Astros are the same position as the Dodgers. They have to hit and pitch. So both teams are down in the mud right now. They got to pick themselves up. Surprising enough, they win the World Series in 2017. Let's see if they both get the job done now. Yeah. Let's see if they can both get the job done now. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 13 of season 2 of the Delos Riz podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm Spencer. I'm Alexander. And this is us signing off. Let's watch some great baseball.